welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to focus on the nation of Israel in this broadcast. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 122, verse 6, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I will bless those, and they shall prosper that love thee. We're going to focus on the state of Israel, and we're going to talk about uh, just what's happening right now with the conflict in Israel as Hamas has done the unprecedented act of a terrorist army that uh, on October 7th that came over the fences of Gaza and committed horrible atrocities on the Jewish people. In fact, so much so, it's the worst atrocity on the state of Israel, the Jewish people, since the Holocaust. Well, this last Sunday at Grace Baptist Church in Brunswick, Pastor Richard Powers, uh, actually uh, a guest of ours, was Congressman Max Miller of Ohio's 7th District. Um, Max was the guest of my wife Sylvia and I as we attended Grace Baptist Church with Richard Powers, and uh, in fact the pastor had Congressman uh, Miller come to the stage and actually give an update on the state of Israel. Let's uh, listen in right now. We're honored that you're here today, and uh, I told him last Sunday we spoke to this business of Israel and Hamas and what's going on in the world. And this congressman is one of the strongest proponents of the state of Israel that you'll find in the House today. And so I want him to take a moment. Yes, amen. Thank you, Pastor. And I, and I just want to say thank you uh, for allowing me into your place of worship, and God bless you all. And, and Chris Long, um, I met in the very beginning when I got uh, into politics. So uh, I either want to thank you or uh, I'm just kidding. It's been fun. But no, in all seriousness, so what's going on in Israel, and I want to make something clear, um, you know, Hamas, we hear about this group Hamas, right? Hamas are terrorists, and then we have the Palestinians, which we all know. Hamas took over in about 2005, a territory called Gaza, which Israel gave them in 2006. Israel gave them that piece of land because Israel wanted to make peace. Israel has wanted to make peace since 1948, since this country was the first country in the world to recognize them as a state and a country, the United States of America. And without your community backing the Jewish people in the state of Israel that has Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Jewish people, you name it, everything under the sun that is like our democracy here. They, race, creed, religion, everything is welcome. And these people wanna do nothing but go over what you saw just a couple of weeks ago and to have their own 9-11, to have Hamas go over there and to go into their homes where we live here in Brunswick or into Rocky River where I live and to do terrible things to our families. We need to make something very clear that also this was the largest attack on the United States of America since 9-11. We had over 20 Americans killed in this terrorist attack in the state of Israel. This warrants a response, but a measured response and a strong one. And I believe that one is going to be delivered. And I do believe that to some extent we are in biblical times with everything that is going on, with what we see in Ukraine, with what we now see in Israel. And if there's one thing that I could ask all of you, and I'm happy to take questions after, is do one, please help me with one thing. I'm, I am just one of two Republican Jewish individuals in all of Congress. That's it. 
there's just me and David Kustoff, a gentleman out of Tennessee. What they're going to do to the Jewish people, they're going to call us barbarians. They're going to call us savages for literally responding to an unwarranted terrorist attack that murdered over 1,100 of the Jewish people, which weren't only Jewish, but also Palestinian and Arab and Christian and everything else. Continue to stand strong for Israel. We need a strong Israel, and a strong Israel needs your community behind it because we know that we need the Jewish people to have Israel, otherwise the Messiah will not return, and we need that. And we need your support behind us in that. Now, what can we do? You're gonna see a lot of rhetoric in our communities about Hamas. Hamas is not a good group. You wouldn't want Hamas here. They would do terrible things to every single person and they wanna end our way of life. It's in one of their tenants. Not only is it to kill all Jewish people, but to end the Western world. That is what's going on right now, and this is a fight not only for the soul of our country, but for the soul of Israel's. And we need to stand together with our allies. I'm a big proponent that this world is a much better place with us in it than with us out of it. And with our leadership and our democracy and our beacon out of the hill, never lose sight of that. We are the United States of America. We will always stand strong and we will continue to deliver and to continue to make sure that each and every single American is safe, regardless of political affiliation. I just want to say I'm happy to answer any questions after this service, but thank you so much for giving me the platform to be here with all of you. God bless you and thank you. And thank you for letting me work for you every single day in Washington. Thank you. That was Congressman Max Miller at Grace uh, Church, uh, Baptist Church in Brunswick this last Sunday. I want to read for you a statement from the Ohio Christian Alliance. The people of Israel have endured a great tragedy with the invasion of Hamas terrorists on villages and homesteads of the Israeli people. Israel's war cabinet is ready to respond to eradicate Hamas so they can never again commit the atrocities that the Israeli people suffered on October 7th. The Ohio Christian Alliance stands with the Jewish people and with the state of Israel. The shocking truth is that Hamas, Hezbollah, and the radical Islamic Iranian interests are out to destroy the state of Israel. That will not happen as long as they are the as they are the apple of God's eye, and he has them in his hand. Israel's enemies will be thwarted in their efforts to annihilate the Jewish state. The Bible is clear that God has a plan for Israel and the Jewish people. We as Christians must stand with them, pray for them, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This is their 9-11 moment, and as the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu stated, Israel is at war. With me in the studio is Pastor Al Davis, uh, who is a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance, also live with Pastor Al. Pastor, uh, we stand with Israel. Absolutely, Chris, and thank you for allowing me to be on today. Um, yes, we take, we certainly stand with Israel, and uh, on our radio program, Live with Pastor Al, uh, we have taken uh, time to talk about this and stand with Israel. Our church, Richfield Bible Baptist Church, we unabashedly stand for Israel, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Um, it's our duty as Christians. Um, this is what the Bible says we ought to do. And even if the Bible said that, uh, didn't say that specifically, I would still say we should do that because it is the right thing to do. I mean, this it's our ally, yes, and uh, they are uh, in the Middle East, uh, the freest place to live, really, uh, as a Christian. Um, you could not do what we're doing on the radio right now if we lived in, say, Iran or uh Egypt, Jordan, not like we're doing today on the radio. We, they have freedom 
in Israel that they do not have. So even if it wasn't biblical, um, I would still er- encourage people stand with Israel on this. Uh, the atrocities that we were hearing that Hamas has committed beyond the pale, it's nothing short of demonic. So what we've seen in America, first of all, when the news came out of Israel and the images of what happened at the concert and in homesteads and in kibbutz across the country uh, where the uh, Islamic terrorists just went in and wholesale murdered whole families, men, women, children, infants, it was horrible in in such brutality that just made people just get, you know, uh, uh, just, uh, just just unspeakable terror. Yet we saw... At the same time, on college campuses and universities in America, a support for the Palestinians and Hamas. What is going on with all these protests? We saw in New York a massive support in, of uh, protest in Chicago and other major cities. But this is not the first time this has happened because in the late 30s, there were large Nazi support rallies mm-hmm. in the continental United States. You would think you were in Berlin or in Nuremberg, but you were in New York City in Madison Square Garden. So history is repeating itself. And and as someone said to me, they're showing themselves for who they are. They, they couldn't help themselves. They came out on the streets. So now we, we know who these people are. And quite honestly, those who are here on student visas that are espousing terror, okay, because as the congressman said, 20 Americans were killed, yes. and there are others that were held hostage. I mean, we're, this is a, an act of war against the United States as well. And you can be uh, evicted from your student visa, and they ought to be. And they come from Yemen, and Yemen, and they come from other Islamic states, and they're, they're speaking out against our ally Israel and against the United States. They ought to be evicted. Your thoughts? Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, let me just share two passages here. I was thinking as I was listening to Max Miller, Congressman Miller, uh, and, and what he said there at Grace Baptist Church last Sunday. Uh, in Numbers chapter 24, Balaam was hired to curse Israel because Balak wanted Israel to be destroyed. And so he thought, well, I'll get this guy and he'll curse Israel for me and it'll make it easy. Well, God had other plans. In fact, the Spirit of God came upon Balaam, and Balaam ends up saying in verse 9, blessed is he that blesseth thee, meaning Israel, and cursed is he that curseth thee, again, meaning Israel. And I tie that with over in Obadiah, there's only one chapter there in verse Number 15 says, For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall be returned upon thine own head. God, as you said, has a plan for Israel, and it doesn't mean Israel is going to be destroyed. God has a plan, and it ultimately will culminate with the Lord Jesus Christ returning to this world and setting up a worldwide kingdom that he will rule over from where? Israel, yes. from Jerusalem, yes. and Jerusalem will continue to be there. Israel will continue to be there despite the devil's efforts to destroy it. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on God's side, not the devil's side on this. You know, Pastor Powers pointed out, and he said that the Bible and Jesus actually prophesied that all nations would be against Israel, and mm-hmm. we can see that. Not only all those that are around them, and now we see in 
in the in the continental United States because of our immigration over the last 20 years. Lots of Islamic people coming here from all those Islamic areas, those who are the ones who are joining in these protests. But quite honestly, the majority of Americans stand and the U.S. stands. And I was so relieved to hear President Biden come out and support the state of Israel and mm-hmm. saying that Israel must respond in retaliation of the atrocity that was brought against it. So the ground war has not started, at least at the recording of this broadcast. And uh, there seems to be a pause, although Israel, and they should take their time. There's no rush to do this. Uh, they, they needed to be uh, thoughtful in their military response. And what I'm saying is uh, because they want to get Hamas. That's yes. what they want to do. They want to, you know, not the innocent Palestinian people. They want to get Hamas, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, Hamas made sure that there were no rival political entities within Palestine, uh, with among the Palestinian uh, people uh, group, and they they made sure that they eradicated them. Uh, Hamas, the terrorist group that it is, uh, needs to be eradicated, and that's what Israel is going to do. But uh, we need to pray, Pastor, because obviously things are heated in the Middle East, and mm-hmm. we have forces there in the Mediterranean and uh, and in the region, and we have these uh, battle groups there, and uh, U.S. resources and actually uh, some of our military bases have come under fire, and so people need to pray right now. Yes, absolutely. And when we look at this, you know, the, the chant that you're hearing on college campuses here in the United States and across Europe, uh, the chant that it, Hamas is behind this, the uh, chant of from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, literally means from the Euphrates, or not the Euphrates, the Jordan River to the Mediterranean, uh, the land will be free of any Jew whatsoever. And that's nothing short of genocide. It and is. That reflects the, Palis- or the Hamas chant. Charter, 1988 Charter, that says that Israel will continue to exist until it's obliterated and that they're going to obliterate it. And uh, this is is a, a thing that's affecting all of us. And as you said, Americans are involved in this. Other uh, nationalities have been killed and kidnapped. And uh, certainly our, our uh, military bases in Syria and Iraq are under fire. They've been uh, being attacked, rocket attacks uh, and uh, other attacks. And there's a lot more going on here, isn't there, than just uh, meets the eye sometimes. And we don't know how many sleeper cells are here in the country. In fact, uh, as Congress has pointed out, during the Biden administration, 8 million illegals have poured over Mm -hmm. the border. 8 million, Pastor. That makes up, that's four Nebraskas. Uh, Nebraska's 2 million people. It's like adding four new states to the union. Folks, do you realize how many 8 million people is? That's how many illegals have poured over the border. In other words, we haven't vetted these people. They haven't come through a process center. How many terrorists have come in among the 8 million? How many sleeper cells are here? America, wake up and get involved, and we need to get a hold of this. Thankfully, we have a new Speaker of the House, uh, Mike Johnson, who says that one of the main problems of this country right now, the crisis on the southern border, and we need to shore up the southern border. We need to start uh, sending back these people that came, that came here illegally, poured over this border. And, you know, even liberal groups are starting to cry in Chicago and New York and other cities uh, because they're starting to feel the pain with all these illegals coming in. 
with demand on social services and, and by the way, hospital emergency rooms. You know, I had a member of the family who was at an emergency room. She had to wait for hours to get a bed. Why? Because they're coming to our emergency rooms. They're using our services. They came here illegally. And it's like, this can't be. And so America really needs to take control of, of itself and stop the chaos already. Well, instead, we've got cities like New York City talking about setting up tent cities in parks and public spaces to handle the illegals who currently are being put up in, in really fairly nice hotels at, at public expense. Um, there comes a time when... And, but Amer- they've said, we have no more room. No more. <laughs> there's no room in the inn, okay? So we're going to put them in tents. <laughs> so the liberal has changed his mind. You know, that's why someone says, you know, uh, I remember uh, Michael Savage used to say that, the you know, liberalism is a mental, mental disease. disease. yes. And it, it truly is because they don't really think through uh, and they're trying to say, well, we need to be compassionate to these people. It's like, look, we have an immigration process in this country, but get in line, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people want to come to America, but get in line. My mm-hmm. ancestors came here, both the Irish and the Italian, uh, last century, but they came through Ellis Island, and they came through the processes, and they had host families, and then they worked as soon as they got here. All those things were expected. These people are coming here trying to live on the dole. Your thoughts, Pastor? Oh, you're absolutely right, and our Constitution is not set up to to uh, administer uh, welfare checks to the world's ref, you know to the world's refugees. That's right. There, um, there are things in place for refugees. They're supposed to go to the nearest country to them where they can seek sanctuary. And uh, for many of them, that would mean Mexico, not us. Yes. <laughs> they're, uh, so they're violating international law. But Again, when we look at what's happening in Israel and against the the nation of Israel and against the Jewish people— By by the way, I want to say something that came to light this last week. America's enemies are actually helping to facilitate—you say, where are all these people coming from? Uh, Our enemies are actually facilitating these people going to the southern border— and Nicaragua was one of the uh, uh, groups that was doing it. They're actually flying in Mm -hmm. on secret charter flights from Haiti, Haitians— into Nicaragua so they can make their way up to the southern border of the United States. We have our enemies working against us, but this happens when you have lack of leadership in Washington. Right. President Biden, he owes, he owns this. Yes, absolutely. And the Democrats. Absolutely. Uh, I want to go back to Israel here for a minute and the attack. Uh, what's happening there? You know, they say first they come for the Saturday people, then they're going to come for the Sunday people. So this is, this is a glimpse of what we have in store here. Um, I was going to share something else here that I, I was thinking uh, I had heard. Um, the Ancestry Service, 23andMe, people sign up there, you send in a gene- uh, you know, a cheek swab or whatever, and get your ancestry. You're talking about your yes. Irish and, and Italian ancestry. Right. Um, guess what's happened there? They've been hacked so that people of Jewish ancestry have been identified worldwide. Oh, my. That have submitted to 23andMe. And this is just a reminder of the world that we live in. A number of these genetic ancestry groups got ties to China, who's been making a, a you know a, a, a file on a genetic uh, you know DNA uh, results of people around the world. Sure, no no ill intent there at all. I'm sure, <laughs> but but look at this the 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 targeting you know, of the you know, pastor that that genetic DNA goes all the way back to Adam, and you know what? It's all sin. Yeah, the original the, sin, the sin nature, isn't it? right yeah, that's there. Right. And uh, but you know, this is a targeting. And I, I heard somebody saying, you know, you would think the left would love Israel; they would absolutely love it. They've got high taxes, 
and uh, compulsory government service. And uh, they got the kibbutz, which are basically communes. And unfortunately, they have gun control laws. Yeah. yeah. And that's why these people were victims, because they didn't Mm -hmm. have, you know, uh, they didn't have a firearm at home to be able to to defend themselves. They they were defenseless. Yeah. And so they got all this. So why would they favor instead Hamas, that is a, a extreme religious group? Uh, that is very repressive and all that. And I, I keep coming back to it. It's demonic. The devil hates the Jewish people. The Bible describes them as the apple of God's eye. The devil hates that which God loves. God has a purpose for the Jewish people in the state of Israel. The devil knows that, and he's anxious and trying to destroy it. And so this is a spiritual battle. It is. A spiritual battle. The Bible says in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless those who bless thee, and I will curse those who curse thee, and in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. That was the Abrahamic blessing. It, con- it continues to this day. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was a prophecy concerning that through Abraham would come the promised seed, the Messiah, which is Jesus, Yahshua, the Messiah. And uh, Pastor, Jesus is the light of the world. He is the hope of the world. And he is the Messiah that the Jews are waiting for. He's already come. And we pray that the Jewish people would have their eyes open, that they would see Jesus, the Messiah. But folks, I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. You know, this is a time really for the church to rise and shine. This is a time for us to pray, to intercede for the people of Israel, for our neighbors, for our friends, uh, for our fellow countrymen right now, because the darkness has come. So it says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. And in, and uh, But the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Church... That's what's supposed to be happening. The glory is supposed to be upon us so we can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and they can see the light of God in us, uh, both Jew and Gentile, as we share the good news of Jesus. But, Pastor, as we think about these things and about what's happening with Jewish people, we need to defend them. We need to speak out against anti-Semitism. And we're seeing alarming signs in this country, not only in the protests across the country and the universities and colleges, but there was an attack on a Jewish uh, synagogue leader in Detroit, and she was murdered, and that's still being investigated. We don't want that kind of violence to spread in this country, so we do need to pray. And as we close out here, I want to take a moment to pray for the people of Israel, the Jewish people here in this country and also in Israel, as they conduct the war to eradicate Hamas, their chief enemy, and Hezbollah to keep them at bay uh, at this time of turmoil in the state of Israel. Pastor, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Yes, thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we just consider uh, what the Bible says about the Jewish people, they are the apple of your eye. And as we've seen in the Scripture, you said that you would bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. And and we see what's happening in the world today. Lord, help us, Lord, as your people, as, as the believers in Christ today that even though the Jewish people may not recognize Jesus as their Messiah, yet the Bible says one day all Israel shall be saved, and they will come to that knowledge. But in the meanwhile, help us to be faithful, to support them, to pray for them, and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we just ask that you would just raise up uh, voices 
uh, throughout our nation that would cry out for the fact that we need to defend and support Israel. There's uh, there's satanic attacks against the Jewish people, against the state of Israel. And we know that even some Christians might fall prey to that. But Lord, we ask that you would just help us to see what the Bible says. Help us, Lord, to do the right things, that we might be the witness that you would have us to be, that we could be a witness to the Jewish people that we could be a witness to them. And Lord, we just ask that you would protect those that are fighting for peace and fighting for uh, the, the safety of Israel. And pray for our troops, our uh, people that have been sent into harm's way, Marines, Navy, Air Force, Army, mili- uh, military members that are yes, there. Lord. Bless them and help them raise up godly individuals. We thank you for raising up Mike Johnson as a godly leader in our country. We pray that you'd raise up more like him that we can make a difference. And we do pray your blessing on this country, that we would be found on the side of blessing Israel. And Lord, we thank you and just continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Al. Also reading from Isaiah 60 and verse 3, And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. This is uh, from Isaiah chapter 60, and we need to pray that we, the church, just arise at this moment and to be a light, uh, the light of Christ, uh, to everyone around us, and we'll be a witness for him in these last days. Well, listen, uh, we have an election coming, and on November 7th, we need to vote no on issues one and two. Well, stay tuned, because we're going to hear from State Attorney General Dave Yost give an analysis, a legal analysis, of issue one and the problems that it will have. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Let me turn to abortion. The ban on partial birth abortions or late-term abortions, you supported that ban. I did and I do. Late-term abortions were too much for Biden. But if issue one passes... In the ninth month, you can take the baby and rip the baby out of the womb of the mother. That's not okay with me. Republicans and Democrats oppose the late-term abortions allowed under issue one. Join them. Vote no on issue one. America is kept safe because the Army National Guard responds, protects, and supports our nation when it needs them most. From fighting wildfires with air support, helping civilians in flooded neighborhoods, to delivering food and supplies to those who have lost everything, the Army National Guard always responds when disaster strikes. The Army National Guard also trains to be ever vigilant against threats, foreign and domestic. They protect our skies with missile defense weaponry. They secure our information, communications and infrastructure with cybersecurity. And they protect us against chemical, biological and radiological hazards with the civilian support team. The Army National Guard also stands ready to deploy and provide support for conflicts or humanitarian missions abroad. Join the Army National Guard and be there to respond, protect, and support your community and your country. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. My birth mom was a scared teenager when she was forced into a late-term abortion. Because of a doctor's mistake, I survived. But my twin did not. I was left broken and hurt. Late-term abortion is real, and so is the pain. But the pro-choice industry wants it right up to birth. Abortions that are too late, too painful, and too extreme for Ohio. Will you stand for victims? 
Please say no to late-term abortion in Ohio. Paid for by Ohio Christian Alliance. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, the November 7th election is coming very quickly. And of course, there is two ballot issues, statewide ballot issues, issues one and Issues 2. We're going to be talking about Issue 1 in the first part of the program, and of course that would legalize abortion to the ninth month of pregnancy. It would wipe out all of Ohio's pro-life laws uh, that are on the books currently. Uh, The radical left, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, a group of abortion doctors have been pushing this, but they're getting lots of help uh, from around the country of radical leftist interests pouring millions of dollars into Ohio, and that's why you're seeing a lot of those TV ads uh, those slick TV ads that you're seeing, uh, some of which are just blatant lies, by the way. Uh, there's, a, there's an ad out there saying that uh, people cannot get uh, certain types of care. Uh, women can't get uh, miscarriage care. That's not true in the state of Ohio, okay? I just know of uh, someone recently that unfortunately had a miscarriage and was in the hospital. Listen, they're, they're lying, and you know there's nothing stopping them except for another ad from our side to be able to roll out and talk about it. But money's limited on our side. In fact, they're outspending us four to one. And I'm talking about the conservative pro-life organizations around the state. Uh, And so you will see a few more ads from our side. But listen, it's important that you read and understand what this ballot language will do. And it's not just a statute passing of of an issue on the ballot. This is a constitutional amendment. Some of you remember back in August, we tried to raise the threshold to 60% of any constitutional uh, amendment being proposed. We lost that uh, first go-around on the August 8th ballot. It will be back sometime in the next year or so uh, because we want to safeguard our state constitution uh, in Ohio to make sure that something just can't sneak by. Well, the polls are close on this as far as uh, uh, those favoring issue one. In fact, you're not seeing a lot of polls, and I, I think there's something to that. If they were running away with this thing, you'd see it all over the papers of the Cleveland uh, newspapers, Columbus newspapers. You're not seeing that. In fact, we were just told yesterday that the uh, Toledo Blade, their editorial department, actually came out and are urging a no vote on issue one. Governor DeWine and Fran DeWine have come out and have also urged a no vote on issue one. The Ohio Christian Alliance uh, is urging a no vote on issues one and two. So with us on the program is State Attorney General Dave Yost, and he's written a legal analysis of the ballot language, and we're going to go through it point for point. And so uh, you might want to get some folks to, to listen to the program who have maybe still have some questions about issue one. Attorney General, welcome to the program. Hello, Chris. It's good to hear your voice. Well, thank you, David. We appreciate uh, all that you're doing. Uh, thank you for writing this legal analysis, and I'd like to take you through basically what exactly what you've done here in writing this legal analysis at this point. Uh, currently, at the state Supreme Court, your office, of course, is defending the Ohio heartbeat law that has been uh, challenged by a Cincinnati municipal court last year, and it's working its way through. 
your legal team is defending what the state legislature and the governor signed into law that went into effect largely in part because after the Dobbs decision, you filed a motion with the federal court for the injunction to be relieved, and the heartbeat law went into effect for about four or five months, and then uh, it was enjoined with a case out of Cincinnati. Tell us a little bit about that. So the uh, the Cincinnati case is alleging that it's a violation of the state constitution to limit abortion to uh, before a heart is detected. Uh, the judge that heard heard that case, uh, uh, you know, I, I think had a, a pretty clear point of view based on the comments he made from the bench. Uh, and that, and that's fine. We have appealed that up, and it's pending in front of the Supreme Court right now uh, on uh, a couple of technical legal issues. Uh, uh, they're not going to decide constitutionality itself, but uh, the these other technical matters. Well, we know that when the heartbeat law went into effect after that you filed the uh, motion before the federal court, right after the Dobbs decision, I mean, within a day or two, uh, to make the uh, uh, heartbeat law, it would basically went into effect, and it was in effect for almost five months, I think, uh, maybe a little longer, and it was saving lives. We know that because we have people on the ground that are in front of the uh, Planned Parenthood clinics that counsel, that pray with people. They uh, pass out literature for them to keep their, their baby, and uh, they can uh, testify that were women coming out saying they can't do my abortion. One woman said, I really didn't want to do this anyways. I'd like to talk with you people about options. So we know it was saving lives. Uh, that was preterm clinic in Cleveland, but um, then the case out of Cincinnati. And, of course, for a lot of us who have been in the pro-life battle for years, all, uh, really over four decades, it was really kind of really a rethinking because legally we were always told when it came to abortion it had to go through federal court. Here comes a state municipal court that then files against the uh, heartbeat law that was passed by the Ohio legislature, signed by Governor DeWine into law uh, in his first year, and yet um, and in his first term. But uh, then uh, it's back to state courts. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so Dobbs made it very clear that there's not a federal constitutional issue here. Uh, and that means that across the country, people have resorted to trying to find alternative means to uh, protect their ability to have abortions. Uh, Sometimes that is uh, going to court on novel new legal theories, which is what's happening in the Cincinnati case uh, you mentioned for the common police court there in Hamilton County. Uh, In other places, they're going to the ballot, and uh, that's what we're facing here in Ohio, it happened in Michigan, uh, Kansas, uh, and uh, Chris, I've got to be candid with you. Uh, the pro-life movement has not done well uh, at the at the ballot box uh, since the Dobbs decision was handed down. Well, that's because it's a whole new set of rules, and we were positioned for a certain type of battle all these years, and then the political left, it's well-funded. We don't need to tell everybody how much money Planned Parenthood gets into the billions of dollars 
of money, and they get a lot of money from the federal government. And basically, they outgunned us uh, to bring these ballot initiatives in Michigan. They hit early there, uh, as you said, Kansas. But things are different here in Ohio. They're having a tougher go of it because I've served with a committee for the last, almost a year now in November, a group called Protect Women Ohio, a group of pro-life organizers across the state. And with that, uh, we are mounting a quite a defense against this onslaught of the political left and the radical abortion industry of trying to codify into our state constitution abortion on demand. But you've written a legal analysis about this, so let's go through that. First of all, what led you to write the legal analysis? Well, I was being asked questions everywhere I went about what's going to be the effect of this. Uh, what laws are going to be impacted? How is it going to change Ohio? And uh, candidly, between some of that confusion and some of the deliberate distortions that I saw being offered by law professors who ought to know better, uh, I felt that it was important to put out a definitive, uh, objective uh, take on what was likely to happen in the legal world. After all, the Ohio Constitution designates the Attorney General as the Chief Law Enforcement Officer of the state, and we're uh, that's right in the wheelhouse. So, again, just emphasizing the, the need to write this uh, analysis to clear things up for the general public? Yes, exactly. I mean, the, look, I work for the people. Uh, the people are sovereign. Uh, all political power is reserved, according to our Constitution, to the people, not to the government. Uh, so my job is not to tell them what to think, but it is my job to explain what this thing on the ballot would do. And that's what we tried to do. Uh, it's on the website at the Ohio Attorney General's uh, website. The rate, there's a red button at the top. Says, learn more on issue one and issue two. We did this for the marijuana issue as well, and uh, we encourage people to take a look. We show our work. We're right up front. Uh, we're very careful to scrub up any advocacy out of this. Um, the voters get to decide, but we wanted to make it clear what it is that they're deciding about. We're talking with State Attorney General Dave Yost. He has written a legal analysis on Issue 1. Uh, reading from uh, your introduction to the analysis, this is not a policy analysis and is designed only to describe what the legal effects of Issue 1 will be on our state. Whether Issue 1 is good or bad or mixed policy is for the voters to decide. My purpose here is to describe what the choice is, not to suggest what the choice ought to be, that, what, or not. Uh, not the why. Below is a summary of some of the ways this amendment, if enacted, would change the law. The summary discusses the amendment's legal standards of how they compare to the different standards under Roe v. Wade, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, and concludes with a list of several laws that could be affected by the amendment, if enacted. So let's talk about that, because Ohio, and I've been part of this uh, over the last 20 years, we have enacted a number of pro-life laws, uh, given that the Supreme Court would allow restrictions uh, to a limit as to, first of all, what was the viability standard, 
uh, and then there was test cases across the country that was incrementally pushing back Roe v. Wade, abortion on demand, to the ninth month. Uh, there was uh, laws across the states to ban partial birth abortion. That happened uh, nearly 30 years ago. Ohio was one of the first states to enact that. Uh, over the years, parental night rights and parental notification of minors seeking an abortion, uh, when there would be a counselor at school or at some Planned Parenthood clinic, an underage person had to uh, notify that that facility had to make sure that the parents were aware of the counseling as well and what they were counseling. Uh, we passed also a 20-week abortion uh, ban, uh, and basically that was Paying Capable Unboard Protection Act, a 20-week limit. All of these laws will be in jeopardy if Issue 1 passes. You spell that out in your analysis. Explain. So none of these uh, laws are expressly appeal, repealed. In other words, uh, the Constitution, uh, the, the amendment, doesn't say we're uh, repealing 29 whatsoever, point zero two. Uh, it says uh, it creates this broad standard against which every statute, every law passed by the General Assembly will be judged. And it is much broader than uh, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which is the standard of the last 30 years. It's actually much broader even than Roe versus Wade. Uh, it will become uh, almost impossible, in my legal judgment, for the uh, General Assembly to be able to uh, legislate in this area, even about things like medical ethics uh, or uh, patient protection uh, issues like the transfer agreements to the hospital. All of these things are going to be uh, challenged uh, in due course in court. So the language itself, as, as stated, doesn't... Um enumerate the laws that it would replace. There was actually a challenge before the state Supreme Court on that um, very uh, issue, that merit, saying that this ballot language is not according to the state constitution because it does not state what it would replace. The, uh, there was a challenge uh, in the state Supreme Court on that. Um, the court uh, decided otherwise, saying that that didn't challenge that. But yet, uh, in your analysis, you are enumerating what laws would be affected if the amendment was to pass. Yes, and some of them, there are good arguments about how, um, where we might defend uh, defend parts of the laws. Um, on other issues, for example, um, uh, the heartbeat law, it's it's simply gone. Um, there will be no defense of the part uh, the heartbeat bill if issue one passes. It, it uh, is just indefensible at that point. So there's a quite a, a range, and you can read in as much detail as you would like on the web. Um, like I said, we showed our work and explained uh, in, in quite a bit of detail. We'll also have that on our website at ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. We'll have the Attorney General's legal analysis up there for you uh, so that you can read and review. 
that we also passed a Down syndrome uh, law that would basically bar abortions if it was determined that the child was Down syndrome. And this was basically selection uh, abortion, uh, saying that the Down syndrome children child was of no worth uh, and that it should be aborted. We put a law in and saying, no, that should not be, that they, uh, there should be protections of Down syndrome children. And uh, so this law was passed. Also, uh, we passed uh, the 24-hour waiting period and informed consent law in Ohio. Uh, you know, again, also Ohio's current post-viability abortion restriction on similar restriction. So we've had some common sense um, pro-life laws. All these are in jeopardy if issue one passes. Explain. Well, it, there is a quirk that if you didn't understand law, you wouldn't really notice. Um, but issue one makes the statement that not only does any law that is passed by the General Assembly have to be narrowly, narrowly tailored, um, that's a standard that we're used to, but it has to be narrowly tailored only for the purpose of promoting the pregnant individual's health, the woman's health. Uh, the amendment uses the word individual, I think, to get around the... Uh, fact that minors are you know treated differently in the law uh, we'll we'll see how that that case law develops if this passes but but this is very important because it used to be that it was the standard was narrowly tailored to promote a compelling governmental interest for example medical ethics um, or preventing the gruesome uh, procedure that is known as partial birth, uh, partial birth abortion. Under the new standard of issue one, they've created something out of whole cloth. I, I call it uh, exclusive scrutiny because now there is no competing interest. The only issue is, does it help uh, promote the health of the individual? Well, it's hard to say that a waiting period is going to promote the health of the individual. The argument for waiting period is we're dealing with uh, a, another, at least potential life uh, in legal language, um, and that the the weight of that, the dignity of that other uh, consideration ought to be a weighty decision that shouldn't be made in a snap. That it should, we should wait 24 hours. I mean, crying out loud, if you uh, put a new roof on your house and sign a contract, you've got 72 hours uh, before that is effective. You're allowed to, re you've got a rescission period. Uh, this is at least as important. But under issue one, it wouldn't. I, I'm at a loss to argue how it would promote the the woman's health, um, and so that standard creates a real problem for anything that isn't um, directly laser focused on that one issue. And of course, we have we're, ta a lot we're talking. Of other yeah, we're values there that we want to consider. We're talking to State Attorney General Dave Yost. We're talking about the legal analysis he's written on Issue 1. 
Uh, David, I'm looking here where it says effect on non-abortion areas such as parental involvement in minors, use of contraception, sterilization, and transgender treatments. These other areas are of law are harder to assess because Ohio does not have specific status addressing minors' access to these medical treatments or products. Uh, there is legal opinion that this would include transgender uh, treatments. Your thoughts? Um, well, there are, are excellent arguments that, uh, and I, I read several of the uh, analyses that have been published by advocates. Um, my role here was to try to be as objective as possible. Um, so frankly, I think those arguments that there are impacts, at least in some of those procedures, uh, are, are, are pretty compelling. Uh, I'm also not willing to concede to that fight. If issue one passes, um, the, the attorney general's office is going to be in court trying to defend the statutes that have been passed by the General Assembly or may yet be passed by the General Assembly. So you'll understand why I don't want to concede the field of battle before the lawsuit is even filed. Well, that that's exactly right. Um, that's what I was wondering about this written legal analysis. Uh, ha have, have you exposed your office to prejudgment in your analysis of the amendment that would later be used against you when trying to defend our existing laws or laws yet to be passed by the Ohio General Assembly? Well, I have no doubt that it will be quoted in future court documents, and that was a risk that I accepted uh, when we decided that it was more important to uh, share what we see as the truth of the legal impact uh, of issue one with the voters. Um, but that being said, we were very careful uh, to where, where there was gray area, where there was room for argument to note that, even though there is significant legal jeopardy uh, if issue one passes. Now, on a personal note, uh, have you come out against issue one? Have you taken a position? Well, uh, Chris, we've known each other for a long time, and you know Darlene's story. Um, I've been pro-life for, like you, for uh, 40 years, and I'm going to vote against it. Given my role as the chief law officer here for Ohio, um, I'm trying to stay in my balls and strikes job and, uh, you know, calling balls and strikes and being uh, fair. But make no mistake about it. I think this is, as a personal matter, I think that this goes way too far, even for people that think that maybe the heartbeat bill is too uh, restrictive. Um, this goes way far the other way. This will be one of the most expansive pro-abortion legal environments in the United States, and indeed in the world, uh, if it passes. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. Uh, that's State Attorney General Dave Yost. That's the legal analysis. It's on his website. Uh, how Christian Alliance will have the legal analysis there. If you have people in your family that still have questions, 
this legal analysis will be helpful for them to read. Uh, Attorney General, thank you for being our guest today. It's good to talk with you, Chris. Take care. Well, thank you so much. And if you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. You can also download the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide on Issues 1 and 2. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.